find myself. I have to speak up. <clears throat> you can either move to the closer to the microphone or speak up. I find myself nervous about something yep. and I need some help. Yep, sure. Um, I'm noticing that I'm becoming more serious about liberation. Mm -hmm. And uh, it worries me that I'm either depressed or delusional. Expand on the uh, two perceptions uh, there. Yeah, so... The voice. Why Otherwise, not? if you can't hear, sure. you'll have to move closer. Otherwise, we keep fiddling. When I started, uh, when I first learned about Buddhism and meditation in the mid 80s mm. in the Himalayas and did my first mm. retreat, mm -hmm. three weeks in the Tibetan monastery, there was no goal. It was just uh, a faith that this is what I needed to be doing. Yep, okay. And when I came back, in the six months before starting mm -hmm. medical school, I did four and ten-day retreats here. And again, no goal, no aim. Mm -hmm. Enlightenment was, at that point, at least three lifetimes away. Mm -hmm. And it was just something I felt needed to be done. Yeah. Which, of course, that mm -hmm. fall, when I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, yeah. it was very important to have had that background. And... Yeah. Uh, it helped me stay alive, and yep. uh, no question provided the resources to be around all the emotions that came up. And yes, right. With a life-threatening diagnosis. Absolutely. Um, and again, obviously a crisis like that will bring up the need for some resource, and Just to say that meditation is always, the, this practice, the path has always been important, but it's never been to achieve something. No, all right. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden, mm -hmm. uh, probably precipitated by a second cancer diagnosis, yeah. a greater sense of urgency that I'm just renting space in this body. There's no guarantee to live. There's no guarantee of a future. Mm -hmm. Impermanence is very real. Absolutely. And the feeling that with whatever time I have, mm -hmm. be it months, years, or decades, it's important before I leave to have contributed something. Mm. And the liberation, not so much for myself, mm -hmm. but in order not to have wasted a life, to have given something mm. to others. Yep. Yep. Um, as you uh, um, mentioned there, Jordan, and reflects, and it is important to look back over the uh, period of time, in this case, uh, the years since the mid-80s, and sometimes major events in one life trigger question, inquiry, meditation, and certainly the uh, tumor and uh, the events surrounding that that you referred to um, made uh, meant changes as it would do uh, in your life, and and sometimes in terms of whether it's going to the east to the Himalayas, whether it's actually uh, uh, being on the retreat and retreats throughout throughout the years, that sometimes the uh, language and uh, priorities with regard to uh, liberation and all that is associated with it may seem at some uh, way away, as it were, and it's more than enough, it seems, to be attending to what is, and, and especially in your own case to uh, mind and body, and all, all, uh, all that. Then, of course, further information comes as it... Uh, did to you uh, last uh, year, and with the emphasis uh, once again, it's another reminder of the impermanence of, of life, the day-to-day -day vulnerability of it, and uh, cancer, along with other life-threatening issue, uh, issues, brings that to mind. It could be that the attendance to the life... Um, 
makes the uh, understandable uh, priority, meditation, awareness, clarity, diet, all those things uh, which are uh, quite appropriate and many other decisions. Is there anything, what do you, is there any sense of um, what is triggering the understanding or the interest or the focus, perception with regard to uh, liberation uh, itself? I mean, is it, what's been the shift? Increasing awareness of change, of impermanence? Uh, uh, yeah, an expansion of the first realization when I was lying in the hospital the first time with a brain tumor diagnosis and being told that I may not survive the 15-hour surgery, mm. probably wouldn't survive the year, and certainly would be dead within five years that feeling lying in the bed before the surgery yes. when I was told I wasn't guaranteed I would come out alive mm. that it would be a waste for me to die then because I felt I had the potential to give something back that I hadn't given back yet yep. and uh, the day before the surgery rather than you know, go do things that it might have been my last day to go do as many fun things as I could. I chose to meditate the entire day because mm. there was nothing, nothing, nothing at all that could have nourished me more or nothing I wanted to do. Mm. Well, one thing maybe, but it wasn't practical. Jump mm. out of an airplane and feel that freedom of mm-hmm. skydiving. Mm-hmm. It wasn't practical. So other than... <laughs> just being yes mm-hmm. and um, living very present for a year at least after that mm. not even having a concept of future so it was very easy no. it was very, literally not having a concept of a next week mm. it just it, it didn't it was it was uh, not there it didn't mm. exist mm-hmm. and so it was very easy to be very present then as I got safer, then all the issues came back, the ego, the uh, neediness, the arrogance, the fears, the insecurities, mm. the judgment, all that stuff. Mm. And uh, then last summer, as you know, one week I'm told you're cured of the brain cancer, and the next week a gastroenterologist, now the new colon cancer. So again, just I'm, I guess, very fortunate that I keep getting these reminders mm. that of impermanence and uh, strong ones. Extremely fortunate mm. that I'm not allowed to stray. And again, that feeling that, wow, I really must. That desire, really, to give something, not not to die without having given back something from the experience. Yes, and seeing most of what I, the vast majority of what I want to do is Mm ego-driven. And the liberation would be a very selfless thing, not Mm. for my own liberation, Mm. but in order really, Mm. really to give something back. Absolutely. In a way, um, there are three uh, three areas. Uh, The first one, which you're familiar with, important of attending to the, the, the body and also more aware than um, most people of all that goes with that. You're an MD yourself, so you know that the hospital medical world from the uh, inside uh, there. Then there's the interest with giving something back and, of course, uh, liberation, an important function of that is to free one self up so much that it's possible and uh, uh, there what, what would it mean in relationship to um, physical health and uh, liberation in so far as one that is the physical health does require a great deal of care and attention without neglect your, your diet three things and liberation What's, how are you going to these two the physical yeah the physical and 
the interest in, uh, in liberation. I have to say, physically, last summer you really annoyed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, were, you were urging me to have my colon removed, which is what all the doctors wanted to do, all my friends, all the medical people, and I really was resisting it, and I felt, yes. as you overtly stated, you wanted me to rip it out. Right, go on. And uh, by adhering to the diet, as you know, <laughs> right. I'm still here with my right. colon. <laughs> right, all right. <laughs> Good, but it's nice to see you and the colon here together. <laughs> I thank you. I thank you from the depth of my colon. <laughs> From the depth of my bowel. All right, all right. Um, Good. So Spiritually. Yeah, go on. Well, I tasted my first sense of liberation when after 11 years, no, 10 years training to be a doctor, Mm. I quit, Mm. which is an incredible sense of freedom. Mm. (laughs) Joyfully unemployed. All right. Blissfully. (laughs) And um, then becoming acutely aware of the importance of Sangha and my noticeable lack of it where Mm. I was Mm -hmm. there, um, turning back towards that which nourishes my soul, for lack of a better term, Mm. um, rather than my intellect. Yep. And uh, to that end, seeking and finding a, another Tibetan monastery, mm-hmm. as you know, uh, near myself, an hour away, and uh, and uh, re re um, taking refuge yeah. again. Given uh, that making those um, important and practical uh, steps, contact the sangha, like-minded people. Uh, Areas. All of that um, matters, but just to develop and cultivate the theme a little bit more about uh, freedom, about uh, liberation, what would be the change that at the present time you would need to bring in which would, would be different? If the interest is growing in, in liberation and all that, what would be the change from your present way of Dharma practice, from your present priorities? Not terribly much. No. It would require certainly... Uh, shifting the priorities more towards um, the Dharma, the practice yes, of spirituality right. being true yeah. to oneself in each moment. Um, cutting out a lot of the bullshit that is obvious. Okay, okay. so th- these are important points, and I've got to be firm and clear with them. The cutting out of the, uh, the bullshit and... Um, making uh, the Dharma, making it more in the center in all the ways that uh, can be uh, possible. Teachings, practices, retreats, facilities, centers, contact with like-minded people, uh, every feature of the daily life, uh, etc. Make that firm uh, resolve. Um, Anything else? Yeah, writing and teaching. Writing and teaching, go on. Mm-hmm. Share to share what I've gone through in a way that can motivate, inspire, or encourage other people facing similar situations, yep. contemplating similar situations, um, and really stop trying to hide my deep, dark secret of medical illness, yes. trying mm-hmm. to pretend I'm just like everybody else. I'm strong, I can do this, I can do mm-hmm. that. Stop judging myself about
about that. Like here, just my judging mind's had a field day with me back in the kitchen there, convinced I'm everybody's difficult person, a person, a villain, because I'm standing there cooking like a demon, <laughs> morning, noon, and night, easing up on myself a bit, um, and really being clear that be vulnerable, be out there, and uh, contribute mm. right. in any way possible. Okay, okay. So if one puts those various uh, uh, features uh, together, that certainly makes an important contribution to genuinely bringing uh, the freedom of being to uh, our life. And of course, in the many forms of language of what liberation is, it includes uh, uh, realizing uh, the unchanging rather than just the changing, the unborn rather than the born, the ageless rather than the aging and the dying, the deathless rather than the death. All of that is synonymous with the language of uh, freedom, the unformed rather than the formed, the unmade rather than the made. All of that is implicit in in liberation and understanding. What would that mean in relationship to the formed, the made, the changing, the aging, and the birth through to death? Cool. Colon. Body. You still trying to have me take it out? No, 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 no. no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to have you take the whole lot out uh, here and now. I'm not entirely sure what you're after, but I believe a large part of it is letting go of any concept of, of owning this All right. All right. conglomeration All right. of experiences. All right. Okay. It could be, this is a slide, a sidestep for just, just a moment. It can be important and invaluable to share all the experiences and the way teachings, practices, uh, dharma, and all the disciplines, etc., have uh, helped you to stay, for the most part, in good spirits and uh, steady through extraordinary challenging 10, 15 years more of it uh, now, and that's a, a great credit to you. But there could be, it's a sideways step still, little danger in speaking and communicating about it that what easily can happen is that the I keeps reinforcing itself. Very easily. There. Very easily. I had this. This happened to me. I went through this. I'm so great because I conquered this or that. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd probably be unlikely to say that, but um, uh, it could get in between the lines. The only thing that exceeds my greatness is my humility about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and so it needs a little vigilance in the reference of uh, experience and I. Simply because the ego can build up uh, around it all, all too quickly. But m- in fact, more importantly uh, than that, um, understanding of the li- uh, liberation, as you just pointed out uh, there, includes liberation from possession and ownership, and also includes even uh, freedom from the idea, the concept, and the, the view uh, of being um, a tenant for a short period of time in this. I understand. Um, letting go of the physical form is challenging because I've invested so much energy in the yes. past. 16 years into keeping it alive. All right. So I acknowledge that it's difficult letting go of form. There's a lot of fear and emotions wrapped up in in trying to keep myself here. Right. To to just let go. I can let go of the idea that, no, certainly I'm only temporarily here, and I certainly don't know when I'm going to go, but I'm not attached to dying soon. I'm, I'm thoroughly open to living 
till uh, what was uh, Ted Kennedy's expression? Till I'm gray in the hair. Uh-huh, what's right. left of any hair? Mm-hmm. Right. Given, forget the movement and the thought in time towards the future for a moment. Given the, the unknowns that go go with it, what, what, what the view is? View is, view is. Here I am. I've spent a great deal of time and consideration to sustaining the body, to sustaining uh, my life, and to doing all the appropriate steps. And one says that there's wisdom there, there's kindness there, it's uh, appropriate uh, there. And then one might hear the, the language, or whatever, in this case, say, of, of letting go, uh, of not being concerned with continuity in time, uh, etc., because of the change, of impermanence, etc. Does that language of letting go of all of this imply to you, therefore, it also means a fading away simultaneously or in interest to sustain? Is letting go and loss of interest in sustaining the life does it no, go together? Not at all. All right, so you go on. Not at all. Um, I think they're fundamentally different. Okay. Make it fundamentally clear. Do I agree? I'm not. Go on. Can you uh, help me? If I'm actually distracted by knowing that it's not just the two of us here. Oh yeah. So can oh. you say it one more time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We say, we say, I spent by necessity many years, and that may well continue, of giving extra special care to sustaining the body. And there is an interest in sustaining one's life. That means a great deal of attention goes to the made, the formed, the conditioned, etc. And... There's the language of liberation. Could be the language, could be the language of uh, letting go. The language of possession. The language of holding on to. The trying to sustain something which is ultimately unsustainable. We die. What does it mean to find freedom... Does finding freedom or the letting go mean you let go in the interest in sustaining the life? No. Letting, letting go of holding on so firmly to form, letting go oh. of, of as much interest in form, meaning body, yeah. and shifting that interest towards right being, yeah, for lack sure. of a better term. Mm-hmm right acting, mm. right existing, um, and, and trust, trust, a lot of faith. Mm. I mean, quitting, uh, finally, after being a student my whole life, was employed for two years mm. as a resident. I felt very nice to have an income, to have uh, a paycheck, and to decide to leave that security was very difficult because, for one, I'm finally making money, Two, my ego is certainly attached to being seen as a doctor and helping people in that way. I had identified with my role. Um, and I had no, no security or assurance that I'd be able to support myself financially. No. But it took a good friend to tell me, you may not be able to support yourself, but mm. if you don't, you'll be dead. Yeah. So I could make that leap and feel the excitement right. about going into that... I'm just saying that because of the, f- the faith. Yeah, in terms excellent, of trust. very important, absolutely. So I think I can ease my, you know, right. white-knuckled grip on keeping my body Yeah, all right. Like okay, so very important points that you uh, make there. there the rigidity. The, anyway. Yeah, yeah. There in the relative world, you've made uh, the leap in, from out of a situation called being the doctor with all the benefits that go along with it, there was enough trust and faith uh, to do that, and therefore uh, it brought its own joy and uh, freedom, freedom. Uh, which, which that's a 
It's a relative shift to a relative uh, uh, freedom. Same parallel, same situa- situation in which one is now applying the same principle and basic idea uh, around this. Not being so identified with this, not being rigid around this called the body, uh, not uh, holding to this, not um, um, using it as an identity. Same, it's exactly the same I'm using a lot of things as a substitute too. If I think of my one-bedroom apartment and all the things that mm. I have, I just saw in the moment that I'm still holding on to a lot as a mm. substitute for something, yeah. for security or some perceived illusion yeah. of yeah. security. Still, it's a substitute for liberation. Yeah. So, but since the primary one, almost for sure, yeah. is. You could prob- you'd probably say, um, uh, um, I'd rather I lost all my possessions uh, than lost this. Fair trade. Yeah, yeah. So this is probably the one where there's the most interest in sustaining. And therefore, it's also the same doorway to liberation. That where the heat is is the best spot to know that which is cool. Liberation. So, in terms of uh, the identification with it, the possession around it, the ownership uh, around it, etc., etc., since a year ago you were con- some pressure from others, etc., get rid of your colon, a year later it's now... Own it. No, 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 it's not. Oh, no, it's not. Now it's a year later, it's uh, even more. It's now let go of the whole lot. Never mind, the awarenesses and the wisdom, natural awarenesses and wisdom, will look after uh, your, your diet, etc., etc., and, and, uh, and, you know, and all the other, uh, other things. But now, now we're talking the whole lot. Now what's your response? I don't know what you mean about letting go of the whole body. Yeah, I mean, I mean that the... So I'm not going to burn myself. No, 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 no. So before you've got various encouragements to varying uh, uh, degrees, yank out the colon, yes. uh, etc. And now it, it's taken uh, a little bit further. None of it's worth holding on to. Trusting, if you're talking about trust, trusting, that happens, yes, you'll, you'll still be there tomorrow morning cooking your lousy breakfast. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, etc. It's not that bad. Oh. <laughs> I, I haven't noticed others joining the queue in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> so trust that that will go on just in a natural scheme of things. There's enough wisdom there that uh, uh, won't you won't tend to interfere spheres of neglect, apathy, indifference, carelessness, and insensitivity to organic life. That liberated life never stops paying respect to organic life. It loves it so much, but it doesn't hold to it. It knows it belongs to the world of, the, of change. So, is it all? Last year it was a bit, now it's even more. What's the form that that would take? What's the, what's the, there's no form. You, you can't go from form to the unformed. There's no form. I want to give it. you my body and say, <laughs> give it. Do with it what you wish. <laughs> give it. If it's in the interest of liberation. All right, then give it. Do it, give it. <laughs> 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 You're a sweetheart. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> Good. Okay. Now, now that you've given it, you you can't have it back. <laughs> you've lost it. It's gone. That was enough. <laughs> Good. Where are we going? No, not going anywhere. <laughs>
There's nowhere to go, you've lost it. <laughs> good, very good, John. Lovely. Okay. Just remember that day in and day out. Just remember it. Doesn't belong to you. It genuinely doesn't. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I have a question about the the nature of mindfulness or rather the qualities of yes, mindfulness. Sure. Mm-hmm. In other words, what is it as opposed to what it's not? Yeah, right, I've been good. hearing a lot about what it's not, but it's, it's hard for me to try to grasp what it, is. What, what, it, what it is. Yeah. And the, the, the question is um, prompted by an experience that I had about a couple of days ago yeah. here in the, um, in the woods beyond the, the dormitory. Yes. With a, there's a trail there. Oh, yeah, I know it. And I was doing a, a walking meditation on the yes. trail, but very slowly stepping foot on the ground and yeah. feeling that sensation through the legs and the body mm. and, and focused on that. Without really knowing it, I, I was walking by a rock formation to my right, just mm. a couple of feet from my head. And all of a sudden, I found my body just jumping up and around to the right, just suddenly like that. Yeah. And then the next thing that happened was my mind registered a sound. Mm. And then the third thing that happened is that my mind labeled the sound. Mm. Uh, it happened very quickly, but it was an incredibly distinct mm. series of events over time. And my body responded. There was a sound. It was a screeching sound. And then my mind labeled it as a chipmunk screeching, startled, running away into yes. the woods. Mm. And, and what, what struck me was my conscious mind was in step two and three, mm. hearing the sound yes. and naming the sound. But step one my mind wasn't there at all. No. And, but clearly, something was there because I responded with my entire body. Absolutely. And so, if the, so the question I have is, is that whatever it was, an yeah. awareness? Or, but I mean, I wasn't aware of an awareness. No. no it's like no. an unaware mm-hmm. awareness. Yeah. Um, what relationship that thing has, that unaware awareness, if any, to what you're talking about as mindfulness? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little bit um, difficult um, uh, in situations like that and other sit- situations. A um, little bit with a problem of language and definition, etc., etc. So um, it may be hard for me to give you a satisfying answer, but don't hesitate to keep, ask- to keep asking. Um, in the um, language of um, um, mindfulness um, it means essentially to be cognizant of something in the moment and the es- essential purpose and intention uh, with it the essential purpose and intention is A, to give uh, su- uh, support and protection to our being that's the primary purpose yeah, speaking now from the tradition, speaking from the Buddha. And that when we are um, mindful in our activities, we are um, less uh, careless, less likely to inflict suffering on ourselves and others. So it is a form of protection for a human being to be, to be mindful of our activities, our simple activities. And we notice that many times when we get ourselves into difficulty, we, we, we cut ourselves, we sprain our ankle, we fall over something, and, and as well as um, physically, emotionally, etc. Quite often we look back and we say, goodness, I was just unmindful in that period of time. So m- mindfulness carries a, a quality of support, care, and protection uh, for. And that's what's meant by right mindfulness, unlike, say, the mindfulness, say, the burglar, incredibly mindful, but look at what's going with it. So that factor, generally speaking, as you point out, one's mindfulness can be directed in a particular way. So one is cognizant of the fact of uh, uh, walking very mindfully in the forest. However, there are receptivities going on which the conscious mind and or the mindfulness, simply doesn't pick up on. 
It just doesn't pick it up there. And yet, in the inner life, it's informing it. And that informing of it can bring about a sudden action, which had no deliberate intention, no choice, no decision, nothing being mindful of in the moment, yet it brings some spontaneous, unexpected gesture or impulse out, out of us. And we suddenly find that we're in a different spot to where we were, like you said with the rock, uh, uh, etc. Mindfulness is, an, and that means the cognizant element, may be coming in, the chipmunk, you know, etc. Recognition of possible causes and conditions that brought, brought, it, brought it about. Um, I think the aspect and feature of uh, those uh, uh, experiences that goes on is in a way to remind us well and clearly that we can't possibly know in every moment what's going on. We can't possibly know through our consciousness uh, or through our mindfulness all the factors that make an event happen uh, there. But hopefully, that, and, and the Buddha's terms uh, for this is, one is mindful to, and he uses this regularly, to the extent necessary in order that we abide independently and freely in, the, in, this, in this world. So sometimes the situations like that you arise or uh, arose for you or others, we have no... No ability to comprehend what made that happen. Because the mindfulness sometimes it, or the awareness, or whatever we call the cog cognition, or whatever, sometimes it just doesn't. It just doesn't pick up. There's so much more going on. But as I say, the mindfulness and the establishing of it is to the extent necessary to give support to the being and, and therefore to abide independently in the world me, meaning to abide in, in the world without generating uh, a, a suffering. Some situations, some situations, if, let's say, it went the other way, that means you're walking slowly through the forest, the sudden movement ca came in one particular form, the whole body moved, you couldn't make, understand why, why it happened, and... Um, you, uh, you, uh, you struck the rock. You sprained your shoulder, or you uh, sprained the ankle, or, 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 or whatever. And therefore, some difficulty, some pain, suffering, confusion, or whatever emerged out of it. When something like that happens, which again happens in some jolt or jerk or movement, generally. Um, it's a, a clear signal to us that there are uh, forms of uh, conditioning inside which are um, reactive or impulsive. And, then, and that becomes one more demonstration of it. And therefore, one does need to give some serious time to some uh, reflection about impulsive activities and the consequences of them, say for oneself or, or others. But in situations like the one that uh, uh, you, you described, sometimes we just cannot cognize what generates it. Uh, it's just not in that field of mindfulness. Uh, uh, and just belongs to the uh, incomprehensible, the inexplicable, the, the uh, irrational or whatever uh, there. And it, Anything you'd like to say, or any further responses? Uh, no, it, it, what had struck me was that, that it, it exposed the fact that there was a pre-mind event. Yes. And, and that's what had you know, made yeah. an impression on me, yeah. as opposed to the ongoing assumption that the mind is controlling everything Absolutely. at all times. Very good and and it, 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 just, Absolutely. it just exposed to me that, First that, class. that there was Absolutely. something else. There, Absolutely, so. that, that's the, the wonderful thing. And sometimes, in the dedication and the commitment uh, to mindfulness as the steadying factor. You know, 
from uh, one moment to the next, one step to the next, one hour to the next. Because the inner life, as the Buddha said, is, is so rich, so diverse, so it can contain so much, etc., that sometimes there's a kind of uh, inner marshalling of uh, energies and movements going on that just... And it's a form of uh, release, it's a form of uh, uh, outlet, it's a form of uh, flow of energy, uh, or, or whatever it might be, and it's just necessary, just appropriate, uh, uh, that it happens there. And, in, and, as, and people experience this in a whole variety of different uh, ways, and, and obviously had a strong one there uh, along the, the walk on the path. Thank you. Of course, in my practice, uh, especially in the walking meditation yes. mm-hmm. outside, I've witnessed natural phenomenon that I thought was symbolic or I thought it would teach me a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's neat and it's fun and, mm-hmm. and it's quick. And other times I see things and I get, I'm trying to think, what is the, what is the universe trying to tell me here? Mm-hmm. It happens again and again. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if that's worth following up on? Is that right effort or is that playing uh, games? We'll find out. Give me a couple of examples. <laughs> um, uh, well, this morning, a, 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 neat, a rather neat one, a quick one. I was doing a walking meditation in, on the lawn and um, as I stopped, I looked down and noticed a, a very small green caterpillar yep. moving from one the top of one blade of grass to the top of another blade of grass. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought that was neat. It wasn't crawling on the ground. It was, it was very carefully moving from blade of grass to blade of grass in this kind of balancing act. Yes. And I thought about that, and I thought, well, what is that trying to tell me? And I thought, well, maybe that's, uh, looking back, I think, uh, on the earlier talk about following, following your thoughts, your sensations oh, yes. back. I thought, maybe you don't have to follow your sensations back, mm-hmm. because... If you did, you'd follow every blade of grass and the lawn back. I mean, it's, you know, ah. he's, he's staying on the tips of things. Uh, I see. All right. And I thought that was a nice lesson. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, any others? <laughs> I'm not sure now. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, one that wasn't quite so neat. Um, <laughs> yesterday, I was as I was eating dinner, a small uh, bug landed, a small insect landed on my hand. Yeah, yeah. And it was a beautiful little insect, green one. And I, and I, I kind of blew blew on it to kind of blow it off my hand, and it just wouldn't go. It was very mm, tenacious, mm. and I just kind of looked at that, and then then I kind of tried to put it on my the tip of my finger to kind of move it off, trying not to hurt it. Yeah. And of course, I did something to it, and I, and I killed it, mm. and I felt very bad. <laughs> uh, and then I remembered earlier in the day I was doing a walking meditation, and there was a, a mosquito or something that landed on my leg, and again, I had just went to brush it off, and I didn't realize that it must have been stinging me at the time, because as I brushed it, I killed it and smeared the blood. Yes, yes. Um, I, not only was I a killer, but I yes. could see the, everybody could see the mark on my leg. Right? Yes, yes. Um, and then I thought, well... You know, being kind of thick-headed, you know, I kind of think, well, may, here, maybe, what is this telling me here, these, yes. these insects? And again, mm-hmm. a, later on, a spider was crawling on me, and I was, now, what am I going to do about this? <laughs> What's going on here? Uh, <laughs> and then I saw a little frog as I was doing my little... <laughs> Serious. A very little frog, and I didn't want anybody to step on it. It was on the, it was on the path. And um, so I did my mit- walking right next to it to make sure no one inadvertently squashed it. You know, am, am I, is this a waste of time? Or is, it, uh, or is this a lesson about something? Well, well it certainly shows you're developing a relationship with um, sentient life, isn't it? <laughs> um, uh, uh, <laughs> um, the, the, the caterpillar one is completely beyond me. I, I, I just can't. 
make up my mind whether it's just too deep for me or too shallow. <laughs> um, but the other, the other one's a little clo uh, closer. Okay. Uh, there. So, yes, sometimes, some things which, um, um, the small subtleties of, of life, can provide some awareness and some, uh, and some insight, uh, genuinely. And, and it needs uh, the experience first, as you say, the fact, and the fact is a metaphor as well, which is important, and a chance to really see uh, something well and clearly. So, the two, uh, two or three things that immediately come to mind uh, are firstly, Initial response shows awareness, uh, metta, meaning loving-kindness, sensitivity, uh, respect for life forms, uh, etc. And that's uh, beautiful and precious to see. And sometimes, uh, in both the situations, uh, with uh, the mosquito, whatever it was, and the uh, other in, in, insect, sometimes the energy or the effort to move something away actually proves to be more harmful. Sometimes the way of moving something away, in this case literally and metaphorically, too heavy-handed. And therefore the consequence and the uh, effect is not helping that which one intended to help, both yourself and the insect, but actually uh, the harming and the, the pain, destruction, etc. So, uh, therefore, when the, there is that which is close uh, uh, to you, and even though there may not be any ill will, there isn't any reactivity or whatever, the gesture is coming from a caring place, but the method and the ways and the means matter a great deal. Sometimes for creatures, the hand is too heavy an instrument. It needs a piece of paper, it needs a leaf, or whatever, that they can move off and from, <coughs> or whatever. And of course, in either case, even with great sensitivity, awareness, right methodology, etc., still in life, in terms of results, never any guarantee of anything. So therefore, the, the blood, etc., With using situations like that for experiences and for insights, and uh, uh, um, easily, as with other things, the mind can make a habit of it. Then it will get more and more shallow. When we we'll actually start looking for the metaphors, what's the universe trying to tell me? What's the universe trying to uh, teach me? So it's generally speaking more effective and helpful. That it is just from time to time and there's plenty of awareness and steadiness and space and therefore in this case the eyes or the body sensation not looking for something to make a metaphor out of so as I say there's a discreteness uh, about it and if in any of those that you uh, referred to uh, one senses there's some clarity and insight there about one's relationship to life the living forms. It's certainly worth uh, while, before moving on to anything else, just to quietly meditate, contemplate, just to stay with that. So it's to let the simple awareness and recognition of the metaphor and the experience actually sink in. And then we say, oh, oh, I learned something from that. And then we move on. And in fact, it hasn't been much learning because it didn't actually... Um, get the chance to go deeper. But sometimes you have to stop everything else, stop the method, stop the technique, or, or whatever it might be. In this case, it might uh, just be, as you said with the, the frog, just to really attend to the frog and the awareness of it, the support for it, the protection for it, etc. Um, with the blood on the uh, leg, to drop everything else, just to attend to that, be present to that. So then that in the moment of doing that, it might just be a minute or two or longer, it gets the opportunity to stay, for us to stay steady and clear, look at relationships too, and look at how we respond to things, and therefore 
how we respond in letting things be, how we respond when moving something away. Both can be completely appropriate. Method, ways of doing it matter, therefore skillful means, in Dharma teachings, that's the technical language for it, and um, no attachment to results. So looking for something sacred in the world, like that's, that, was the other, that was the other part. That, is that just a, a, a delusion, you know, that if you slow down and get into the natural rhythms, you know, the, the world, you know, the, the world is, is, is kind of sacred. I mean, you're, you're, you're with them, you learn. You know, I, that's, that, I mean, certainly uh, that's uh, a feature. And um, in that respect, it would be helpful and important to see it through uh, one's own experience. And so matters of the heart is, in these teachings are regarded as uh, sacred. That means love is sacred. Respect is sacred. Sensitivity is sacred. A deep sense of connectedness with all things is uh, sacred. Uh, sometimes it expands itself uh, uh, further and one has a general, a genuine sense that uh, um, uh, uh, we are living in a, in, in, in a great uh, temple of life. And, uh, and the roof of the temple is our sky and the earth is the floor of our temple trees and the mountains are the pillars of our temple. And it brings again a sense of the sacredness of things and, 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 and respect for the, the delicacies as we were just hearing a moment ago um, of uh, the whole vast uh, web of organic life. And there's something precious and vulnerable and extraordinary and uh, wonderful and awesome about it all. And it brings out a sense of the sacredness of things. And all, of, all, all of that enables us to respond well and, 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 and kindly and firmly uh, as well to, situa- to the situation. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.